Well, welcome everybody to the bullet list and we're up to episode 25. We are indeed. And this episode is the second one in a series where we talk about accessibility. And, you know, with this one, we're going to actually be talking about the virtual event platforms, right? And how to make, you know, how planners uh, and stakeholders can work toward uh, being fully accessible um, for their attendees, their members, all those folks. And who's our guest? Because it, it, we, we, he's back again, and it's Staz from VII Events Platform, which is uh, a very cool platform. Um, and Staz is coming. Uh, who else better to talk to than about accessibility than somebody who's actually given it so much thought that their platform is, it's almost there, almost there for accessibility. Yeah. So you know what? Let's let's not linger. Let's just bring them in. You are listening to the Bullet List podcast. Hey, Stas, how's it going? It's amazing. Thank you very much. Good Glad to have you again. again. <laughs> yeah. So a couple of things have happened since we last talked to you. First of all, um, fatherhood, of course. Yes, yes. I, I <laughs> the amazing part of my life now. Cool. And also, um, your team have won a couple of awards. Correct. <laughs> we just won two awards. Uh, it was uh, several days ago. So we won. Uh, there was a, a, a technological awards for people this time, not for technology, for people that make the technology by event technology awards uh, run by um adam perry and his team so we won the best co-founders of startup award and we won the best product award combined with some of our friends from hova that's cool <clears throat> and well deserved by the way well deserved thank yes, you very much absolutely yeah, well done good to hear so in this episode we're going to be talking about um accessibility from um a virtual platform's point of view so i'm going to dive straight in and talk about virtual events and accessibility like is it worth it should we should they be bothering i mean how much should they be bothering i mean is it something they should be all in on or just do the best they can that's an amazing question in a very utopic world when we have a functional proper society this even not a question like it's saying let's not include people from france or let's not include people from israel but this audience of people with disabilities is a much bigger audience and it's worldwide it's in each country and it's probably in each family if you even don't have relatives that have some sort of disabilities you have probably friends or somebody that you know and saying that you don't support accessibility is leaving them behind but let's ignore that statement for a second and now focus on a more business-oriented part. So does it worth it? First of all, yes. The short answer is yes. Because that group, unfortunately, like we've been all went through COVID and we've been staying at homes. Now, that's their life on, on many occasions. Like many of them have so severe disabilities that they all the time at their homes or have limited access to get outside. We all felt very terrible during that time. But that audience, with many other platforms and events, left behind twice, once by COVID 
and second time that all the virtual events in their majority didn't support properly the accessibility and even that if they supported it that that's didn't went 100 because there are two parts for accessibility which we'll discuss later one part is the technology and second part is the content which the you know videos with subtitles pdfs that are readable and not as a canvas as an images putting a text description over different parts of the uh, images or assets that you provide so they've been left behind now why it's worth for business to include the group first of all they're very amazing and creative people they work on all the different companies hold different roles that enable them to grow in many companies there are now an inclusion and many people with disabilities taking very high roles high paying uh, uh, you know decision making roles in those companies and they are treated like second tier guests in, at the best option so treating them right will increase like you will not compete with so many other buyers worldwide if you providing them value they'll be much loyal so basically you're trying to say it's like leveling the playing field so everybody's on the same level no matter what um disability or um whatever thing whatever thing that you have that's stopping you from fully participating you've got to make it so everybody can well and i wonder if <clears throat> if a lot of times when organizations don't go into something to and make it accessible from the beginning a lot of times it's because they don't have people who have accessibility needs on their teams right and i think so for a lot of those groups it's worth it to go out and talk to people right it, the, go find people <clears throat> you know who have disabilities and you know if you ask they're more than happy to tell you what they need exactly exactly so that's one of the part i'll i'll tap in i just want to finish the previous question but you raised a very interesting topic and why it, it, it hasn't started right from the first place why people just don't build field from the start with accessibility and that's i'll explain it in a second but i want to touch the previous question because it contained two parts the first part i told you the second part uh, why it will still benefit people uh, to have uh, you, uh, you know all this accessibility implemented because also regular regular people without disabilities will benefit from it having a video when it's play streamed live having its subtitles in a language that you understand helps a lot even for me you know when i when we when we speak when we talk and 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 a button there's a real time uh, subtitles going on it helps even people who don't have uh, issues with accessibility if a website built by accessibility standards it is more usable for regular people because then you can move with the tab keyboard within the different section and use arrows it's sometimes really nice you know don't don't use a, a mouse and you just work with your keyboard so it's benefit regular users no less than it benefits the people with disability so you know moving on to the next to the next question that we have you know when you're taking a virtual platform when you're making it accessible for your entire audience or at least as much as your audience as you can do um what's the hardest part right and 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 does it affect the regular attendees experience um in doing that what have you guys found to be the hardest part so that exactly ties up to the, your previous question about why people don't do it from the start the first thing people don't know and they don't think like we are not enough in the minds of people of the people that build the technology that there are a certain group that don't uh, able to operate the same way as them like maybe they don't have people with accessibility problems in their team so they don't think straight away about them and they start building their technology without that piece in mind and then when you need to redo it 
you need to go ways back and record a lot of different stuff and try to fit it together well it's very hard because it certainly sometimes require a different approach and in terms of cost of development like a technological company it cost at the beginning it cost more to produce a technology that is fully accessible and have accessibility features rather than to focus on a you know major group of the world that doesn't have such problems so it's cheaper it's less uh, less you know less awareness for the field and the third one even if you have the awareness and you have the money to pay for the development of technology you don't understand what it requires and you don't have the devices the people with disabilities has that's that's the, the the challenge we faced when we started the development we understood we had enough awareness we wanted to include people but we didn't have the devices required to understand if what we build is at all working like how i know if a blind person without having his equipment his hardware at home uh, or at office how i can know if that's what i developed works for him i need a test group so fortunate enough in israel we have experts that you know can connect with uh, tech companies that provide those areas of tools provide people with disabilities who can speak with and understand their experience and then test those features separately from your platform making sure you develop the right technology so that's my long short answer but it's a good answer <laughs> thank you <laughs> yeah very good but that, that leads us on to the next point really which is how do you plan the accessible yes you can include focus groups but just getting that into something well you've got a team so you need to write something down on a piece of paper to say this is how we could approach it this is how we're going to make it accessible how do you start so after you're already like i told you like, already committed and aware to the problem and that this it the solution is not so complex eventually when you start the first few steps are hard later on it's just a new normal for you so it's not so hard when you keep going and doing it the first part is really hard like but it's hard in any case when we started our company as you know we needed to understand the whole problem of event industry we are being outsiders we're coming from a marketing uh, area and not necessarily event organizers how we started that we spoke with event organizers we spoke with our potential customers we heard their feedback and we improved over time same applies here you need a lot of feedback you need a lot of willingness to hear you need to have a willingness to push through the first hard milestones in order to get it start rolling and then it's just part of your dna so and here is the biggest this is actually going to be a very big challenge for conferences and events coming up and that is time um, they they tend to like I just came off of a really really big event in, in Texas. Um, it was a live it was an in person event. They did they also had a virtual component to it. It was hybrid. Uh, but the one thing is the plans that they were making for sessions and content and things like that went right up to the eleventh hour. And if you have to work to you know and again this was an organization that had a lot of experience a lot of money. Um, so they were able to pull it off. But for a lot of organizations, you have to give yourself the time to plan an experience that can be accessible. You cannot wait and start developing those 30 days out or 14 days out in some cases because you'll fail, right? You, you just, 
and and that's i think one going to be one of the hardest mindsets for planners to do is to start thinking that you have to go even further back with your plan with your planning so that your end product um, is a good experience for everyone who's involved not just the people that don't have disabilities exactly so there are two parts to accessibility the first part is technology and the content and we discussed it already in previous points the technology need to support the platform that you choose need to support accessibility features and you need to when you're selecting a platform it's a good to check that their support and more and more platforms now are doing that i have a lot of peers that uh, if you access me we of course support it but i can recommend you other platforms that exactly focus on that and there are some great champions out there i can mention one pedro from in event he really took it to the heart and implementing it very well so i can you know big kudos to him he's also a champion in my book about accessibility in technological uh, background yeah, the I second like part guy <laughs> yeah he's a great guy and in terms of uh, the content it's like i told you it, you don't need to go from zero to 100. if you start with a small steps let's first uh, make it accessible for people with color blindness that's the easiest point then make it people with uh, hearing disabilities and put it as subtitles and you grow over time until you feel confident enough you don't need to go oh well entirely skip accessibility or I'll go and commit to 100. Even if you committed in the long term to reach to 100% and you start with small steps, that's a good good chain, a good uh, uh, pace of mind. Yeah, and I, well, and I think that uh, I, something that dovetails perfectly with that is transparency. If, if you're an organization that is starting to take steps, tell everyone what you're doing and tell them you know, tell them, yes, th on this go round, we were able to do this. Our goal is to get here and here's how we're getting there. And, you know, that way the people that have a particular disability that perhaps you weren't able to meet on this one, they know you're trying. Um, and I think that that goes a long way, right? If, you know, you know, if I know an organization is doing their best, you know, I'm not going to be angry. Well, that's the thing. You're never going to get it right first time. But by, by, by being transparent, you're going to say to people, look, we're doing our best we can. Tell us what we're doing wrong. Yeah. How can we make it better? It, talk, as you keep saying, um, Stas, talk to people. Get their opinions. Get the feedback. Transparency is, in my book, is always the best policy. Because when you tell, tend to tell truth to people, they tend to react in more understandable way and more supportive way. And they're actually looking forward to collaborate with you. So that's uh, absolutely 100% on board with, with that statement. And just to continue that the thought that we just kind of, again, skydived a little bit on a cliff here and I'm <laughs> bringing us back to the third part. So the experience. So once we nail the two uh, first up, we need to understand that having a great content, having a platform that supports accessibility is not enough. That's the, you know, the ultimate jump up when you do think about what the right experience you want to give people with disabilities are you again allowing them to participate in some way on your on your event or you're thinking how to integrate them so they will feel normal and get the same value as your regular attendees without disabilities yeah and that actually leads to you know going into another one do we need something more or or is or if the platform just supports accessibility is that enough right you know do, should we go should we go beyond that Unfortunately, the answer is no. We need to go beyond that. The, the platform that help, have this, uh, a disabilities feature available helps a lot 
to cover the basics because the basics are hard. Like they help the event organizer don't to worry about things like colorblindness or subtitles for people. But he, and I don't want to ruin the party. I've been in some events on other platforms as well as, as my own platform. And I don't want to point fingers on some customers, but some of the customers in some countries in Israel, it's less an opportunity and I will discuss it probably later. But in some other countries, people asked us to disable intentionally the feature for disabilities because it's ruined the UI UX experience. Like there is an icon of a disability feature and it bothered them. So having the options, sometimes people decide in purpose and it's very bad. And I many times cancel those deals. Like I said, no, it's not a feature that you can turn off. That's a core feature. I would really love to know for, okay, I know you can't say who and where, but I would love to know if that request for disabling um, a dis um, accessibility feature for the disabled or for the impaired, whether it actually breaks a law, a local law. In Israel, I know, yes. I know in, in Israel, Israel yeah. we're going we're gonna to get to Israel. I know that. Yeah. Internationally, just, no, depending on the country. Yeah, it's just, it's just a thought that, you know, when you remove a feature that is inclusive, yes, it's it's not good, it's bad taste, and morally probably not a very good thing. It's but a horrible thing to do. <laughs> it is a horrible thing to do. Um, people, people do horrible things, unfortunately. True enough, true enough. But I'm just wondering how that affected, how local law will be affected. And obviously we can only say whether it's affected or not by knowing who and where. But, you know, it's just a thought, you know, you could possibly be breaking the law by removing accessibility features. Something we have yes. to look up to. If any listeners uh, know of any, have any further information on that, love to know it. Would really like to know about that. I have some knowledge about it, which we can cover it down the line. I just want to, again, uh, take us back to the initial thought. So I was telling that some people asked to uh, disable it in yes. purpose, which is shameful. Shame. Shame on you. Very bad. And second part, even if you don't uh, disable features, like let's say I upload a PDF file. Many people don't know how to create it. Like, when you're building your PDF file as an asset, let's say it's a, even a price quote that you want to include in one of the sponsors booth that you have. If you upload it not in the right way, and you, let's say, save this as one image, the, the accessibility devices that people have with disabilities don't cannot read it. For them, that's you know blank image, and that's it. So even if a platform supports uploading PDF, right PDF files, if the PDF file isn't right, or a VOD item that doesn't have subtitles, it will not support uh, the disability functions. Of course, also um, they might have some sort of visual impairment that would make anything really difficult to read. So as you say, we're designing the PDF document, ensure it's high contrast to help those people, not just simply a really jazzy background with some writing on it. Yeah, well, and just images, right? How many times, and I can tell you, everyone here has done it, um, you forget to put in the alt text on an image, right? We all do it, you know, but so that's why you have to make it part of your process, right? Your process should be, if we're posting an image, there has to be alt text. If we're creating a PDF, what it needs to be saved in the proper format so that, right? And again, planners, this is where it takes a little bit more time because now you have to, from the beginning, your processes have to change so that you can make all of these materials accessible. It's not just about time. The time, I think, when, again, when you have the process, it's really automatic. Like, you yeah. don't think about it twice. 
the problem here is with education. People don't know that. Like I've seen so many customers, they're saying, oh, you have disabilities features on. That's amazing. They're sending me a, a wrong PDF file and I my team goes over it and rejects it. Say so you didn't provide it in the right front. But how I do it in the right format, I just saved it from, you know, from PowerPoint and that's how it is. So the people not educated enough, if they were educated enough and understood what is accessibility, how to tackle it, and that it's not too much complex and it doesn't need to sacrifice their entire PowerPoint or PDF design. It's just small things that help everyone. Like I told in the beginning, also people without disabilities, it will it will benefit them. I would love to do an episode of just simply on how to get your PDFs right for people with disability problems because if you think as you mentioned if you're down um producing a um again this is not a rabbit hole that we often go down if you create a pdf from powerpoint or you're saving a web page or you're doing most of the time no accessibility features if they're available will actually be included so you have to do more absolutely and you and need I to change your mind an episode. i think it must it, it can be a side <laughs> course that we can open together <laughs> sharing it with people for free because spreading this awareness is absolutely mandatory i think like if we want yeah. to live in a in a society that take care of real problems and not just brabble about uh, some strange uh, things about the economics you know everybody worried about the economics like we have a very short span about focusing on real problems as a society today okay well so with all that in mind then the all the things that we should be doing how do you test how do you ensure that what you've what you're doing is actually going to work it's going to help it's going to provide what people with disabilities or um how do you test it amazing question so there are two options it depends on your company size and ability and the volume of events that you hold if you're an event organizer or you're a big uh, agency probably you want to employ a person either employ person with disabilities they'll help you understand it much much like that they feel the problem they know how to solve it so employing a person with disabilities helps 100 second if you are going to uh, go at scale there are people that are experts on disabilities you can google it it's a real thing it's a real job and it's a huge job and they know how they have all the equipment required to do that they have a test groups they can also give you tips and guides on the experience part that we discussed like not to make only make it compliant but also fun yeah well and there are there are um you know and for platforms because it's behind a walled garden it, it this doesn't probably doesn't make sense but even over here like we had talked about in the last accessibility episode we did there are websites you just put a url in and it will tell you all of the problems that that it encounters for people with with accessibility issues. Again, it's not one hundred percent perfect, but at least it gets you on the way. But the problem is, those websites that do the testing are testing websites. The thing yeah. about virtual event platforms is is effectively a walled garden. You're not going to get these right. test suites accessing it and then doing. Oh yes, you need to have this, that, and the other. They can't log in. They can't test. So as you say, Stas, you need a human being with whatever problems or whatever. Get a human being to sit in front and test it and get the feedback. Yeah, but but I think one thing planners can take away from those sites that that will automatically put your own site in there, find all of the issues, but then that is a roadmap 
that you can take into a platform. You, yes, that can't scan the platform, but it will tell you the things that you, you know, when you get your report on your own website, you can just follow the headers and say, okay, do we have this? Do we have this? Do we have this? Um, but getting professionals is, is, I mean, that is a huge, that would, that's, that would be the goal. And it's again about small steps, like the idea to get to 100% and beyond. But taking the small steps and tools like that really helps you to get starting. Like you said, the, the most hard thing is to start. That really helps you to understand the flow. So tools like that. And there's a, another tool. There's a startup called UserWay. It's a plugin that you can put on your website. And it automatically adjusts itself to about 25 to 50% of people with accessibilities. It's cost several bucks per month. It used to be free. It's unfortunate they're now charging money, but they are business who are trying to make a living for themselves and they're doing a great job. So there are certain tools and certain plugins that you can use out of the box and have some support of accessibility. And then you continue, don't stop there. Because if you stop there, you didn't do a right job. You just you know, put your conscious at ease. You need to start from there and continue growing and making, making the effort to reach 100% beyond. Yeah, so now this is going to take us into... The Israeli law example. Yes. And I know we were, you know, I think most people know that we get together before we start the episode. And we actually started going down a rabbit hole on this one, like even before we started recording. So let, so hit us with the Israeli law example um, because it's probably how things should be done. Yes. And again, in a utopic world, there are no need of law or regulations that help companies understand the need to make the platform accessible. But when it, we not live in a utopic world, in such cases, I encourage and I think that governments over the world need to take this, you know, bring it to you. And that's the problem. It's easy, easy to agree on everybody. Like it's not a problem that it's very hard to argue about. So, yes, uh, Israeli passed a law several years ago about a requirement of technology, not just a venue, physical place in the world, but a technology need to be accessible. And all companies required, all websites in Israel required to follow accessibility. And if they don't do that, if you're a big company that don't follow, you definitely will can be, first of all, sued on a personal level through a court, like a person who have problems with accessibility, he can go and claim damages, like personal damages, in a court and he doesn't need to prove the damages were cost him. Like he doesn't need to say, okay, now I lost business or whatever. The act itself that the website or the platform isn't supporting the accessibility, he can claim damages. So that's a very huge motivation for many businesses. They don't want to get such troubles. Second of all, um, there, there is a regulatory itself. They are doing uh, checkups, although it's a very small number of checkups, like, they definitely can improve on that. They lack the proper uh, uh, manpower to do, you know, to check every site, to check every platform. But they, you know, tackle the biggest challenges and they give example by putting one uh, one tech, big technology at the spot and then ours align itself. So the government absolutely also can improve it more. But they de- started the process. And that process revolutionized our tech industry and our marketing industry to have this in mind. And understand the value. And people, when they put those features of accessibility, they suddenly received more traffic because people were able to uh, get their business, understand their business, and engage with it. Sure. And, and you know, 
whenever you look to a country like Israel and, you know, if, you know, if you're an American company or, or UK company and you, and you go after those standards, you'll always be doing, wanting to do better. Right. It's like so many companies here in the United States, like we have horrible data protection laws here, but horrible. They're, they're horrible. <laughs> but you know, so many companies here when GDPR came around, just said, you know what, we're just going to do that. And, but it, so it makes everyone's life better, right? So now here in the States, my data is better because of what they did in the European Union. You know, whereas if everyone looked to how Israel goes, you know, wants it, all sites to be accessible, all technology to be accessible, it makes people's lives better in other countries in other places. It's how you make a better world. You, you, look for, you look for who's on top of the hill and doing the best job and go after that. Yes, exactly that. And uh, I'll speak a little bit about all the mechanism that the government improved because I think it's a great example of what they did. Another thing what happened if you work with a gov government as a company or with big enterprises as a company, if your platform or your technology or even a physical place, a venue, don't support accessibility, that entire order that they like, let's say 100 people plan to come to your physical venue or 1,000, they're one person with disabilities. And if he cannot come, the company will not come. So like it forces you to think in different levels. And same for the technology. We run an event for our government in Israel, a virtual event, a virtual fair career. And uh, if we didn't have those features implemented, we would be losing a deal of about $35,000. Wow. Uh, it's yeah and because like we had it we've been able to take the tender and win it so it's, it's almost like if you don't fully embrace it you risk going out of business because of all the lawsuits because of all the the money and the fines and everything so you really have to really get into it and take it into account and make sure everybody's included yes and those and those were the sticks there is carrots as well from the government. Government, we have an, an Israeli innovation fund which supports startups, technological startups growth. They offer a, a very huge grants in dozens thousands of dollars to, to startups and companies who are going either to implement a, a groundbreaking accessibility technology in their product or going to tackle a, a, an area where something, something is not accessible and they're going to build a product that makes that place physical or virtual accessible. So there is an encouragement, not just sticks, there are carrots as well. Yeah, that's good to say. So let's bring it home. You know, what, you know, we have to come up with a bullet list from, from all of the things that we just discussed. Um, do we want to work on it together or, or Stas, do you have a bullet list ready to go? I have. How many points do you want me to shoot? <laughs> because I have, can't have too many. <laughs> you know what? Just do it. Let's do it. Let's start. So we spoke about many, many different things. The first bullet would be do small steps. It's a process. There is end goal. But you need to start, as, like, first of all, have the awareness, learn about it. Second, make small steps to implement it. And then commit to grow. Put, a, you know, an agenda over a, a year and then grow with it not don't commit to do it at once it's if you can commit but you know be realistic about your possibilities and go and have the will to implement second it's not expensive if you view it right like if you consider it oh there's two people who are coming to my event 
and they are uh, the ones that I paying for them $20,000 to check my platform or to make my event accessible. Why to do all the problem? No, there are a huge audience there that will come to your events over time if you enable it. Like it's a chicken and egg and it's worth it. It's worth it. Those people are no less amazing than you and your team that don't have the disabilities. Uh, third thing, it's a bullet for governments who hear us. Put those regulations in. The regulations help to spread the awareness. They help to companies to expedite the process. And the system need to have both carrots and sticks. It's not just sticks because then it also will uh, create a bad uh, feedback loop of uh, negativity. And you want to keep it as a positive encouragement. And uh, the fourth thing is the bullet uh, that I will close with is how to start. First, employ people with disabilities. They can bring so much additional talent and value for your company. Second, if you cannot do that for some reasons, you don't have open vacancies, hire people that can test accessibility. It's not so expensive. And third, before you all do all, all those two, at least bother to Google accessibility plugins and accessibility test sites and uh, do a little bit research. So that's my uh, bullet list on it. And if you want to add something, guys, I'll all ears. I, I know. I think you nailed it. And I think that that was that was absolutely perfect. And it is something that I really hope um, that planners begin to take more seriously. I, I know that, you know, there isn't a planner that I know that doesn't want to make things more accessible and, and a better experience for all of their members and attendees. Um, but it's just getting started, right? It's so hard. Um, but you will never get it done unless you start. Exactly. Any, any Don't look on the long run ahead. See the next small step that you need to commit to. Fabulous. Well, thank you very much for um, taking part in this discussion. It's, um, it is one of those subjects that we need to keep talking about and we need to keep pushing and everybody needs to be involved, not just um, you know, the virtual event platforms, the planners, but venues as well, transportation. I mean, it's a huge huge thing and hopefully we can address this and and talk about it more i agree 100 and it was a huge pleasure again to be with you gentlemen here i enjoyed so much i'm uh, considering to play to be a part of your uh, trio <laughs> nice <laughs> you would fit right in <laughs> thank you guys thank you so much thanks Des. thank you bye thank you for listening to this episode of the bullet list show you can find more episodes on our blog at bullet-list.com or on your favourite podcast platform. The blog has an RSS feed so you can keep up with the latest news. There's also a podcast RSS feed if that's what you prefer. Both feed details can be found on the blog. Finally, we have a Facebook group where we welcome your feedback, ideas for topics and suggestions for guests. Please come and join us. We're looking forward to seeing you there.